You're listening to the Traffic and Funnel Show. Hey folks, this is Alan, producer of the TNF Show. Today's episode comes from a live Q&A Chris did in one of our groups. He discusses what you are voting for in your business, when to hire an operations manager, how we promote from within our teams, and much more. Join our podcast subscriber community today by visiting trafficandfunnels.com slash subscribe to get a free gift from us and also to get special deals on our next level paid products. All right, here's the show. And I was just thinking, we had some great meetings with leaders today and we had a great team meeting with all of our companies. Um, and just thinking on the topic of voting and just thinking about business. And it's, it's so interesting, all the parallels and in, in things, concepts and principles that you can get from things that aren't in business. And I'm just thinking about the principle and the thought of voting and casting a ballot. And I was thinking about business and how often so, so many times we as business owners, entrepreneurs, um, and listen, I'm not here to talk about Trump or Pence or Harris or Biden, right? That's Taylor, Taylor, go follow Taylor on Instagram and he can give you a lowdown on that. But um, just about what we as business owners and entrepreneurs and leaders, you know, what we are voting for every day, every week, every month in our businesses um, and what we are giving ourselves to in our business. And it's amazing that so often we are voting for things that are not in alignment with what we want. There's a misalignment with how we are voting in our business. And essentially to me, what that means is what we are accepting, what we are allowing to take place, or maybe something that we've instituted into our business or even into our lives that's not really in alignment with what we want. But the issue and the problem is uh, often we don't really know what we want. We don't know really how we want to feel or we haven't stated, written it down and say, this is exactly how I want to feel. And Taylor and I were talking the other day about something that we might need to do in the business. And the question came up is, number one priority, will we enjoy doing this thing? And so for us, one of the things for, for us to, to stay in this game for the long term and to have longevity a priority, what we have chosen to vote for, to cast our ballot for, is enjoying what we're doing. So my question to you, friends, family, colleagues, all of you wonderful people out there around the world is what are you voting for every day? What are you choosing for your business, for yourself? It's okay to not want what I want, not want what Taylor wants, not want what Nate uh, wants. It's all about what you want, what your purpose is for yourself, your life, for your business, and making sure that what you're voting for is in alignment with what you actually want. Whether it's $50,000 a month in revenue or 500000 or $5 million, make sure that you are locked in on what you want, what the outcome is that you want every day, every week, every month, every year, every quarter. And you're just locked in on that. And you are taking the actions to vote every day in your business to have that outcome. And so maybe that's 
You need to vote for the right culture and the right standards. And you need to initiate that versus allowing things that are happening in your business, whether it's yourself, maybe you're not leading yourself. Uh, maybe you're, you're the problem with that. Maybe it's your team. Maybe it's certain things going on that you're allowing those things to happen in your business, but it's not in alignment with what you want. So if you don't know what you want, if you don't know how you want to feel, what you want your income to be, obviously you've got to lock that in. You've got to fix that, figure out what you want, how you want to feel when you wake up. Oftentimes I'll ask our team members, our leaders, uh, businesses that we're looking to acquire. The most important thing for me to know is what they want because to have success, in business, in relationship, I need to know what is in the best interest of that person. And I can come up with some guesses, maybe. You know, I can have some assumptions. I can read people fairly well. But until I get someone to actually verbalize what they want, then there is a, a big chance that there'll be misalignment because I'll have assumptions Maybe they'll have assumptions they actually haven't verbalized or written down or communicated. So they might have some internal things. And so to get the best production, the best product, the best outcome, of course, I need to know what I want. And then for our team and our leaders and our people, um, it's important to know what they want so that we can all move in the right direction. We're casting our vote for the same outcome. So I'll just encourage you to lock down what it is you want, not only for you, if you have team members, you have, if you have people working with you, for you, salespeople, marketing people, ops people, they're all different kinds of people. <laughs> they all have different kind of uh, personalities and, and gifts and strengths. And we were having uh, this conversation with me and Taylor with two of our leaders today about one of our leaders who's an absolute savage and, and just tremendous at growing uh, business and products and that's his strength. His strength is not necessarily um, building foundation and going super deep and optimization and, and bringing a great team and all that kind of stuff. But these guys that we were talking to, that is their strength. And they're not necessarily super strong on fast growth. And so, you know, one of the mistakes that I made as a leader is trying to fit everybody in my box, trying to fit everybody into my perception of what I thought they should be, what I think that they should want. And it cost me a tremendous amount of, uh, of heartache. It was a lot, it was very stressful. It just pissed me off because I'm like, why don't you want this? This is amazing, right? Why don't you want this awesome lifestyle and this awesome house and this awesome money and this awesome yada yada, right? But that was all my stuff that I was putting on them. And then when they didn't go after it, I was pissed off because I saw their potential. And so um, it's important for you, for me, for us as leaders, as, as the entrepreneurs, um, to know, of course, what we want from ourselves, from our business, from our people. And for that to happen, we've gotta have conversations with our people and ask them what they want and see if we can get together and get that alignment. Because I promise you, that when you are in alignment with your people, they're in alignment with you, the same vision, y'all are casting the vote, same vote for the same outcome. There is tremendous force and torque and power in that. And it's exciting, it's fun, it's enjoyable. 
uh, which is a game changer because one, if that's your priority to enjoy what you're doing to where, you know, the whole thing people said, oh, you know, I love it so much that I would do it for free. Um, almost there, right? To where you, you just, you're excited to wake up every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to go get on that thing that you love doing. So if you can get everybody there on your team moving that direction, it's very, very powerful. Hey folks, we'll get back to the show in just a moment. We wanted to give you a quick opportunity to learn about some fabulous ways to get additional value from the TNF show. Hang tight, we'll be right back. Have you ever felt like you work, 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 you're constantly chasing something, but you wake up one day and you feel like you've done all of this effort and you haven't really gotten a good return out of it, but you can't give up because you've put in all of this effort and so you get stuck inside of this hamster wheel that the entrepreneur gets stuck into. One of the things that I learned pretty early on was that you can run really, really fast. You can be a really hard worker. You can be not lazy, not cheap, but you can be running in the wrong direction and where is it gonna take you? Not only do you have to have the mentorship, but you have to know what not to do. We have this cool training that is actually going to teach you the things that you should avoid in your business and how to replace them with the things that actually will work to get you more clients better clients, happier clients, more money. A lot of times people think business is about service, but no, business is about generating profit. If you can create service, but you can't generate profit, you go bankrupt. But how do you do both at the same time? How do I say, I love who I'm serving, the clients that I have are getting great results and I'm making a lot of money doing it. I'll teach you all of those things in this training. It's free and maybe one day you'll be able to uh, have a team of your own and an office of your own and maybe even have some nice cars, we'll see. Visit trafficandfunnels.com slash holy grail. That's trafficandfunnels.com slash holy grail. Yo, what's up, crew? Taylor Welch here. And if you're a fan of this show and you want to get a little bit deeper in your commitment to your business and your growth and your revenue, head over to trafficandfunnels.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you're going to get a free gift from us just to help you grow your business. And it's our way of saying thank you for joining the family. Our exclusive offers and deals usually show up to this subscriber community as well. So you'll get first dibs access on anything new, anything exciting. And most of the time that means profitability for you. Visit trafficandfunnels.com slash subscribe. I'll see you on the inside, my friends. Joseph says, what do you look for in people when considering promotions for your players? Um, you know, the biggest thing for me is attitude. Attitude, I think, is the trump. I, someone could have a great skill set. They could have great experience. But if their attitude sucks, um, it's a no-go for me. So if someone is showing up early they're, and they're staying late and they are there to serve other people and push other people forward and push the organization forward and push their department forward um, and it's all about them serving and lifting up other people and they're just positive and um, they're not entitled and they're looking at the question of, and this is a question that I look for when people are asking this within the team is what additional value can I bring to the organization to accomplish my goals versus someone being entitled. So I look at, the person who wants to bring more value for compensation and promotion 
versus someone who feels like they're entitled to something. Um, and it's, it's, I can sniff out entitlement pretty quick now. And that gets to shut down pretty fast. Um, not that someone will maybe stay in their current position or whatever, but if someone is entitled, I don't typically do anything with them. So the right question, it's hard to ask the right question. This might be a quotable, guys. It's hard to ask the right question if you don't have the outcome. It all starts with the outcome. You know, what's the outcome that you want? And based on that, that's where you source your questions. Um, so, for example, I'll just throw out a random, a random uh, outcome. If I have a marketing person um, who I'm trying to figure out, okay, is this person going to be good? And I'm just someone you need. I need to either hire or um, promote. Maybe be a marketing manager. How can I know if this person is going to be successful or not if I don't actually know the outcome of what I need this person to accomplish for the organization, right? Uh, you're just shooting in the dark. And so, um, you know, question I would ask in this situation, um, just for an example, just kind of throwing something out there to give you some kind of something to think about context would be... Um, I would start here. If I wanted to accomplish 250 grand a month in revenue, um, and I'm looking at trying to decipher this person, either I'm hiring or I'm promoting, um, I would ask them, how many leads do we need to get every month to do $250,000 in revenue? And so for me, it's kind of a cascade process, where if you know the studs of your business, like, okay, $250,000, Hopefully you as, as the entrepreneur and the owner, you already know that answer. That would be very powerful. If not, you should know that. Okay, well, what, what's the cost of those many leads? What can we afford? What's our, our budget? Um, for me, it's always, I'm looking at, okay, this is my outcome. Me as the leader, the visionary, the owner, the person. I am the shepherd of the outcome. And I need to surround myself with great people that can help me accomplish that outcome. So I've got to be able to ask questions based on that outcome. If I know my numbers, which I should, um, and now obviously we have a lot of different businesses and our leadership team is so strong to where I don't have to figure these out. That's where we got Tommy and Mike, and Peyton, um, just a great crew, Blake, Alex, to where... We say, okay, we want to do a million dollars a month, 50% profit margin. And then we say, okay, guys, what needs to happen for that to happen? Um, and when you get to that place, it's extremely powerful because it used to be me, it used to be Taylor, but now we have raised up other people who can answer those outcome-based questions and or create those questions based on the outcomes. But you got to know the outcome and ask questions based on the outcome. So you start with the end. And it's just basically inverted thinking, right? Inverted process. Start with the end and work yourself backwards and you ask yourself that question. So I did this training, I guess a year and a half ago, maybe it was spring of 2019, where I trained on inverted, the inverted process $2 million a month. And it was, again, on this topic of marketing, you know, leads, applications, um, 
appointments. And so, you know, those are the studs. Those are the pillars, essentially. And obviously, if you are the primary person, it's important for you to know that. But if you're going to interview someone, either for to hire them or uh, to promote them, you want to ask them those questions, and hopefully you already know the answer. Uh, and hopefully they'll answer close to right. And that's a great indicator for you. Should you hire people before you can easily afford it or just work harder until the salary is a no-brainer? Um, so I won't really acquire a business, and I'll give you this right now. I'm looking at how I can leverage other people's ability. All the years that they've spent acquiring a skill and experience, I would be a fool not to leverage that to increase the velocity. And I don't know if you guys have my velocity training that I did in Paris, um, but just this concept of velocity, the thing that you can never get back is time, right? So I would rather go out and find someone who already has a great skill set in whatever area, great experience, um, because that drastically reduces my time to get from point A to point B. So that's my preference. And I would prefer to pay myself, if this were a necessity, knowing what I know now, I would prefer to pay myself less to get the right people on the bus that already have that experience and skill because they can get me from A to B way faster. So um, I would say that if you know the outcome that you want, you've got your constraints, uh, you know what you want to accomplish, that's crucial. You have confidence in that, then I would go out and look at hiring the most important pieces of the, of the business. Really, you're looking probably at sales and marketing. Those, I would say, are the two most important things. And if, you know, like for example, client success is just dragging you down, um, then you probably just need to retool and maybe put better processes in place or get some not as expensive help to help with client success. But some of your best money will be spent in production um, and having people in the marketing and sales portion of the business hired as soon as possible. So, yeah, um, you might want to sacrifice a little bit to hire some great people. Now, if you're just in startup mode and you're new to business um, and you haven't managed people, that's a little bit of a different scenario. And most people in that phase, in that case, they don't really have the tolerance level and they're afraid and a lot of what they do is based out of fear, which I don't. I have utter confidence. I'm not afraid at all because I've been through the ringer on hiring people and managing people and all this stuff. So... Um, you know, it might be a little bit of a different situation for me than it is for you. Q, when you calculate 40% profits, do you and Taylor include your salaries into the 60% of expenses? Or do you take your pay from the 40%? Yes, we take our pay from the 40% or 50% or 60% or whatever. Um, most people, especially in the early stages, deplete their business um, way too fast. They pay themselves too much, I would say. So for the longest time, Taylor and I, we only paid ourselves five grand a month each, just enough to cover our bills. 
and we were doing six figures a month and we had a lot of profit. So we were, we really just wanted to build our war chests and just stack our cash. Um, so, and now, um, you know, certain businesses we might not even get paid for for months because the health of the business and the, and the, the velocity of the business is dependent on us just reinvesting. So when you look at yourself as an investor, yeah, as an investor, you want to get that investment as healthy and productive as possible, as soon as possible, right? So sometimes, you know, I might pull uh, some of my capital or dividends, if you will, from a company that we've paid our dues, so to say, and it's really healthy. And so that profit center um, is well e equipped to do that but we might have a unit right now that we're not receiving any income. It's just strictly investment. We have two businesses right now that that's the case, but our other businesses are so healthy that we're doing very, very well. So always, always consider yourself as an investor, right? And I was talking to one of our team members the other day, we were just talking about personal finances and wealth and all this stuff. At the end of the day, you are an investor, right? You're an investor with your time, enough time, people, and you look at things in your life, in your business, I would say that most things are either an asset or a liability. And again, going back to the voting conversation, are you voting, are you investing into things that are an asset or a liability? You know, you could have people on your team that are a liability. Maybe it's because they have a terrible attitude that you tolerate, that you vote for. Maybe they don't have the skill set required to get the outcome that you want. Maybe they don't have the experience, right? And so you as a leader, as a visionary, as the person, as the owner, it is up to you to manage that properly by having the right people in place. So I'm just kind of going off on a tangent. Hope you don't mind. How limited is a business without ads? I think it depends on the business in the market and what you want. Um, you know, WealthCap, we don't run any ads. And that's a multi-million dollar organization. So I think ads, um, you know, here's the thing. It's all about necessity. So is your necessity right now, in the next 30 days, 90 days, six months, is your necessity where you need ads for where you want the business to be? Um, you know, we wouldn't have been able to grow sales mentor to one and a half million dollars a month in a ridiculous amount of time with no ads, right? That's velocity. So it's just fuel on the fire. But, um, the necessity was for us to invest into ads. And there were some things that weren't really a necessity uh, initially, i.e. a client success team. Okay. So it is all about necessity. What is your necessity? And ask yourself, what is my necessity? And that's another way that you come to the outcome to get that outcome-based question. When should you hire an operations manager and what does an ops manager do? Okay, so we look at it, myself and Team Money, um, you know, we look at it as lanes. And unfortunately, early on, we didn't have 
we weren't really um, stringent on this. Or we tried to get too many people to do too many things and it was just silly, is ignorance. And so I would say an operations manager is someone, so this is kind of a broad thought, is someone who removes the entanglement, the things that are important for the business, but removes the entanglement and the barriers for you as the owner and for your producers to produce, right? So you take someone like T-Rex, for those who don't know T-Rex, Tommy, our COO, Traffic and Funnels, um, he came in and removed so much of the ish from our day to day that just dragged us down. And things that kept us from being in our zones of genius, which is production, it's vision, it's, it's starting new businesses, growing new businesses. He came in and not only re just removed this stuff, but also built health and structure um, and <laughs> brought some professionalism. I can't tell you how many times Tommy has sent me a text and said, hey man, I don't know if I would post that. You might want to take it down, right? So they're also not only uh, an internal barrier remover for the producers, but they're also, they set up external barriers um, for to keep the wrong things out of the camp. So, you know, Tommy, he, he handles HR and financial stuff. He's the profit guardian, um, his contracts, things that are gonna keep the business safe, um, really helped with culture. And Tommy has his certain skill sets too with leases and negotiation and all that kind of stuff. So things that we were involved in that had a tremendous negative impact and costs that we didn't really know until we brought in the T-Rex and let him take that, run it, run with it as his lane. And then me and Taylor, we could focus on production and vision and, and growth. Um, and so often we as a business owners, we spend way too much time on things that, okay, they might be good and important and right for the business, but we give an inappropriate amount of time to those things that we, as the producers, as the investors, should not. Um, and it's costing. It's costing you a lot of money, heartache, bandwidth. I mean, times I wanted to quit, guys, silly. So here's the thing with like profit margins, we just have ridiculous expectations and and ridiculous tolerations. And really, here's, here's a really fun process to go through. Typically, if you just entertain ridiculous scenarios, um, it's crazy how your brain works. And if you ask yourself ridiculous questions, for example, how can I have a business that is, uh, I'll just throw out something random, that's doing 75 grand a month, how can I take that business from 75 grand a month to 250 grand a month while maintaining a 60% profit margin, right? Ask yourself questions that are kind of ridiculous to solve because, you know, the elasticity of your brain, it starts to go through that process of trying to problem solve. But the issue is that we don't ask ourselves very, ourselves very great questions, simple, simpleton questions. Ask yourself hard questions. And, you know, I'd, I'd say too, this is important. 
and Taylor would add this probably, is have grace in the ridiculousness. So my part of my gift and my strength is the ridiculousness, but before I didn't have grace. I didn't have grace for myself and I have grace for my team. And so I would destroy people. And so when I realized how important people are, that changed the game for me and how I don't want to do it without people. Even though I'm an introvert and I prefer not to be around people, honestly, I'd rather just be at my house, just chilling by myself. But it is so much more fun with amazing people. And so I might be out in the future and have all these plans and, and vision and all these ridiculous expectations, but my job as a great leader is to get people to come along and get in alignment with that. And that's part of the question of going back and asking them um, what they want. You know, what are they voting for? What do they want to cast their ballot for? To make sure that we're on the same page and we're going the same direction because we've had to where I've had ridiculous expectations, standards, vision, goals, and someone's like over here way far off and they're going a different direction. And, you know, I've basically been sniper rifling them from over here. Like, what the F is wrong with you? Why aren't you doing this? Right, but all along, they don't even want what I want. They don't even want to go in the same direction, you know, and I had no grace. So grace is really important in the ridiculousness. And I think if you have both sides of that coin, it's powerful. Sales mentor grew fast. Would be cool to see how you did it. It really goes down back to that principle of velocity and um, having the right people. Whereas before, I wouldn't be willing to exchange the amount of money that we exchanged for that experience and skill set. And that was just naive and silly of me. But now I understand the value of time to where I'm looking at every single angle. How can I warp speed and just skip over all the ish? And this is an awesome training that we're working on for our equity partners. Plug. Um, basically, some essentially what I call the leapfrog effect, um, TM. But having people who have great experience, great skill set, great attitude that can get me from A to, not just A to B, but A to Z really, really fast. Um, because we underestimate how long it's going to take to do something. And that's with our current, our current, my current skill set and knowledge, my current perspective, which is lacking. Even though in most people's eyes, I'm very, very successful, have several businesses doing really well. Um, you know, I think we employ almost 100 people now in our different businesses and all the impact and stuff we have. The first understanding that I have to have is that I'm lacking perspective. I'm lacking insight and knowledge and wisdom. I have, like, I only have one sliver of the pie. And so the best thing that I can do to, to grow quickly is to bring in those other pieces to say, okay, this is the outcome. This is the goal. This is the timeline. What exactly do we need to do? What's our necessity to get to that as fast as possible? And what, what are the other things that we can just let go that really aren't needle movers? They're not big contributors to that big outcome with the short amount of time. You know, just on the topic of time and velocity and stuff, we definitely underestimate the power 
of delayed gratification. And most people, we live in a society. I mean, you look at social media and all the things that, one of the reasons why I keep the social apps off my phone and I just try to stay off of social media as much as possible is because I don't want to be, I just understand myself and I'm susceptible to delayed gratification or immediate gratification, instant gratification by seeing those stupid notifications and all the people that commented or liked or whatever. And we live in a society in a time where we live for instant gratification versus practicing delayed gratification. And when you can put yourself in a position to practice delayed gratification, it's really powerful for you as a business owner. And where so many things don't need to be immediate. And I think we've lost the art of, of, of thought and thinking and simmering and not having something right now. And as Taylor, like I'm one of the most impatient people in the world. Like I, I want things right now and I don't want to wait. But sometimes waiting is good. And especially in regards to people and relationships and team. And so many times in the past, we have just jumped and we've been premature in responses and actions where maybe just a little bit of time would be very, very valuable for you and for me. So something for you to consider. Uh, taking on massive amounts of clients. Okay, how do you plan for volume? Taking on massive amounts of clients at once. Well, so this goes back to the expertise piece of it, right? And the experience piece. If I were gonna go out, and I, if, if, so for example, if I knew that I would, if I knew that I could go from like 10 clients a month, like I had my marketing dialed in, I knew how to get apps, I, I knew how to make sales, and all I needed to do is just turn up the knob, and I wanted to go from 10 clients to 30, 40, 50 clients, then I would see that as being a potential problem, the process, one communication with people coming in, that hey, we're growing fast, we're exploding, uh, would be important. But number two, going back to the conversation of velocity and stuff, I would hire someone who already has dealt with 50 clients a month. They've already managed that process. They've already had to coach that many people, um, deal with that many people, and bring them in. If I know that, okay, within the next 60, 90 days, I can get to that point, bring them in now to build out those processes to, so that we can handle that kind of volume. Thanks for listening. For more from Chris and Taylor, visit trafficandfunnels.com and get a free gift just for being a subscriber. That's trafficandfunnels.com.